Have you ever tried to do something really hard? The title of today's message is Do Hard Things. And I want to start with James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, which says, Consider it all joy, brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. On September 5th, 2021, I woke up. When I woke up, I couldn't move my arms or my legs. I was in a hospital bed in the ICU, and even though I didn't know it at that time, I'd been on the ventilator for 10 days. You might not know it, but some of us in my family, some of us, all of us in my family, got COVID in the late summer of 2021. And I went a long way down that dark road before I finally turned a corner and began to heal. God restored my lungs enough that I could come off the ventilator, and He continues to restore them bit by bit to this day. But waking up that afternoon was the beginning of my journey back to health. From lying in that bed to standing here now in front of you. When I woke up, it was hard to lift my arms. It was hard to make a fist. It was hard to move my legs. They were completely numb. This was a situation I would not have wished on my worst enemy. But I knew that my family needed me, and I was going to do whatever it took to get back to them. So, I lifted my arms. I moved my legs just a little. And every day I was able to do a little more. My progress happened a little bit at a time. And I hung on to every tiny accomplishment. I celebrated them with my wife and the hospital staff. And soon, I could lift not only my arm, but my arm with a water cup in it. I was very shaky. But I could brush my teeth myself instead of have someone else do that for me. The muscles that let me chew and swallow had to learn to work again. So I was put on a liquid diet. A dietitian worked with me every day to test me and see how well I could chew and swallow. The first visit, I couldn't even chew simple things. But in a few days, I was able to pass my swallow test and was finally able to have soft foods. I learned that chewing food takes oxygen and energy. Eating had become a hard thing for me right then. The first time the people from my physical therapy helped me sit up, it was for a whole 15 seconds. And the room was spinning. The next day, I sat up for 25 seconds. Physical therapy would come in each day and get me a little further along. Day after day, I worked at getting stronger. Over and over, I practiced the in-bed exercises that they showed me. Before long, I could sit at the side of the bed without support. It was hard work. 
Then came the day that I stood for the first time. Fourteen days after I woke up, and nearly a month after I went into the hospital for the second time, I got out of bed and stood on my feet. It was very brief. And it was the hardest thing I had ever done in my life up to that point. Even with two strong physical therapy people on either side of me, helping me to pull me up. But as the days and weeks went by, I kept pushing to work hard, and it paid off. I was finally released to continue recovering at home on October 29th, 2021, which is the day before my daughter's 17th birthday. I still had a long way to go, but I had made it home. So I ask again, have you ever tried to do something really hard? Have you ever been faced with something you weren't expecting? Where suddenly you have an enormous issue in front of you and you're not sure how you're going to manage it? If you said yes, then you have been faced with hard things. I think I can say no one ever welcomes this, much the opposite. But how we choose to handle our trials can make a big difference in how we grow as a person. Trusting God and persevering through those hard things can strengthen our faith. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. Because something surprising happens when we do hard things. It gives new opportunities for us to receive God's blessings. It's like he stands at the door and knocks, and every time I choose to do something hard, it's like opening that door for him to come in and do something unexpected. When, we're, when we are willing to do hard things, God will bless us in unanticipated and powerful ways. Let me give you a few examples to illustrate this. As you know, at the time of my serious illness, it was a very hard season for my family. And you guys, our church family and friends, you rallied around us. During that whole stressful period, you all helped us with so much generosity in so many ways. Any time of day or night, we were able to call on people when we needed to. It meant so much to know how you supported our daughter Rachel during those terrifying weeks when both Sandra and I were in the hospital. I was unable to work for a long time, so our income dropped at the same time that our medical bills, well, you can understand what they did, and you helped us. You helped us. You offered rides to and from the hospital when Sandra was too exhausted and stressed to drive herself. When I came home, Sandra was my primary caregiver, even though she was still not fully recovered. And you were there for us. You brought us meals, delivered groceries, picked up medication for us. You did yard work when I was unable to. You sent us beautiful cards with words of encouragement. I had a whole wall in my, in my hotel, uh, hotel, hospital room. Wish it had been a hotel. Most important of all, you prayed for us. You prayed and prayed and prayed. So faithfully. 
At the prayer meeting that Jacob held outside the hospital and through each of your personal prayers, you asked God to restore my health and my life to me. Each of you, each of you, were the caring hands and hearts of God used to bless us in so many unforeseen and wonderful ways. God has touched us through complete strangers as well. When I was in the hospital and so very sad one night, a cleaning woman heard me and came in and prayed for me. A passing stranger saw Sandra crying outside the hospital one day, asked her why. And this woman promised to pray and help me feel better. Just a week ago today, we were having a special lunch to celebrate our daughter's 18th birthday. And we ran into someone who didn't know me at all. In fact, the only one in our family she knew was Rachel. They had met during Rachel's volunteer work with young kids at the library and ballet. This mom of little girls heard my health situation through a mutual friend, and she told us she prayed for my healing many times. She was beaming, and she said she was so happy to see me walking around now. I was surprised and touched to hear of her diligent prayers for me, who she didn't even know. We've had so many different things happen like this to us that it reminds me when we are willing to do hard things, God will bless us in unexpected ways. Now, along with being willing to do those hard things, another important aspect of that is being consistent over time. Doing the right thing often means having to do hard things over and over. Doing the right thing often means having to do things... <laughs> I read that sentence over and over. It may be slow and tedious, and the results may not appear right away. And this can get tiring after a while. It's easy to ask, what's the point? When I was in the hospital, I was surprised when my physical therapist said they were very glad to work with me. It was like, why? I can hardly do anything at all. And they told me, yeah, but you're eager to do what you can. There's many other patients in my position who choose not to do physical therapy at all. This blew my mind, and I asked them, why? And they told me, because it's hard, and they just don't want to do it. I knew if I didn't do the work, I would not be walking out of that hospital anytime soon, if ever. For me, the point of doing hard things day after day was to reclaim my health as far as I was able, to return to my family and my life who depend on me for many things, including the income that keeps us in our home, the food that goes on our table. So that conversation with my physical therapist was what first got me thinking about what it means to do hard things. For the most part, our modern culture doesn't really value doing hard things in day-to-day -day life. We've created lots of modern conveniences that make life easier, and we all enjoy them. The thing is, we don't tend to want to do hard things, especially over a very long period of time, even when those hard things may be exactly what we need to prepare us for what life throws at us. Just like when we exercise our bodies. 
doing hard things will build endurance. That's the main thing that James mentions when talking about the benefits that arise from trials. He says, the testing of your faith produces endurance. Endurance. Consistently doing the right thing for a very long time requires endurance, which is defined by the dictionary as the power of enduring pain, hardships, unpleasant or difficult situations without giving way. Okay, that captures the essence of it, but how joyful does that sound? Bearing pain? Suffering? The endless grind of tedious tasks? No wonder we often try and find an easier way. Now, I'm guessing most of us have heard the expression instant gratification, right? In other words, I want what I want when I want it, which is right now. And I want the getting it to be easy, not hard. Now, that sounds a lot more appealing, doesn't it? However, in reality, taking the easy road is bound to lead us away from following Jesus. In the message version of the Bible, Matthew chapter 7 says it this way. Don't look for shortcuts to God. The market is flooded with surefire, easygoing formulas for a successful life that can be practiced in your spare time. Don't fall for that stuff. Even though crowds of people do. The way to life, to God, is vigorous and requires total attention. So, why do we often try and avoid the hard road and take the shortcut even when we know that's not what's best for us? Well, the answer, like my physical therapist told me, is because we want to or we don't want to. Our own desires, our own needs and hurts are what tends to lead us astray. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, Peter says, Stay alert. Watch out. For your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. We know the things that our enemy offers for us are not good. But there's no denying they're also very tempting. It can be hard to say no when we're living in a world that says, ah, just say yes. Making decisions to live like Jesus in a world like ours may be hard, but we are promised everlasting rewards if we persevere in doing good. In the hospital, I worked hard for hours every day, exercising my weakened muscles so I could go out into the sunshine again, walk again, and go home to my family. And as believers, we stay the course in leading a, leading a Christ-honoring life so we will grow stronger in our faith. We will prepare ourselves for the kingdom work that He has for us to do, both now and in the life to come. Galatians 6, chapter 9 tells us, let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Which brings me back again to consistency. Consistency is simply doing the same thing over and over. It can be a long time before we get a glimpse of the goal that we're working towards. Consistency is most often about small and ordinary things rather than one giant big thing. If we think the small things we, don't, we do won't really make a difference, 
Consider what may happen if we pour some water on a rock. Will we see any difference besides a wet rock? <laughs> now, what if we let endless gallons of water flow onto that same rock? The effect will be dramatic. The, the water will smooth out the rock and eventually break it down completely. Look at the Grand Canyon to see how water takes on rock and winds to create a passage so vast it can be seen from space. My point is consistency counts. We do the right thing consistently over a long time. The changes we experience can be very dramatic indeed. A few weeks ago, Jacob mentioned Luke chapter 16, verse 10, which says, if you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you're dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. This is also true when it comes to doing hard things. Being faithful in the little can lead to bigger and better things happening in our lives. Okay, I want to pause here for an important clarification. So far, I've been talking about doing hard things when there's a purpose for them, okay? But sometimes in our lives, there can be situations that appear without purpose. Or perhaps have an evil purpose instead of a good one. Some examples of these are things like a wasting disease that has no cure. A terrible natural disaster. The end of a friendship. The loss of a child. This is not the time for us to tell someone, count it all joy. Or, God's trying to teach you something. That can be extremely damaging. It can crush someone's spirit. It can even crush someone's faith. So let's use wisdom. Let's not say such things to someone who's dealing with an awful situation that seems to have no purpose. While it may be well-intentioned, I can't imagine this kind of advice would ever be helpful or comforting during a time like that. And maybe the most important point, that's not who our God is. He is compassionate and kind. He grieves along with us when we suffer loss or pain. And he can show his love when we grieve along with others too. Now, can God bring good things out of an evil situation? Absolutely. He can and does, even when we can't. So consider Job. Job was a faithful follower of God who had devastating things happen to him for no reason he could understand. His friends blamed him and said it was because of some hidden sin in his life. The thought of terrible things happening for no apparent reason went against their beliefs in God. So what was God's point when he responded to Job out of the whirlwind? God loved Job and told him he simply wasn't capable of understanding God's reasons for why he does and doesn't do things. See, Job had claimed that it was God who did all these terrible things to him. But then God asked him a bunch of questions <laughs> that Job couldn't possibly answer and said in Job 40, verse 2, Will the fault finder contend with the Almighty? Let him who rebukes God give an answer. Job wisely realized his error and admitted he was wrong when he accused God of doing the evil things that had hurt him. See, God made Job, and he knew Job's limitations and capabilities. Well, God made us, and he knows our limitations and our capabilities. 
we are not capable of accurately judging God or understanding why bad things happen to innocent people. We've lost our way if we decide that God, who is only good and not capable of doing anything evil, is the one to blame. Our desire to find an explanation for why bad things happen, to logically figure out an answer, can lead us in the wrong direction and give us a false impression of who God is. So let's not make the same mistake that Job did. We know where all good things come from, and we know where all evil things come from. Satan pretends to be a truth teller when he's actually the father of lies, and he's been misdirecting humanity from the, from the very beginning with those lies. I want you to notice something about the story of Job. God never told him why the bad things happened. Interesting. He didn't restore a relationship with Job by giving him the knowledge that Job wanted. Instead, he restored the relationship with Job by restoring his faith. It's not knowledge that will save us, but rather faith and trust in God. Holding on to our faith in him, even during the worst of times, can be one of the hardest and one of the best things we can do. We need to realize that what we believe about God will dramatically affect our interactions with him. Do we see him as judgmental and distant? Do we see him as causing all the evil things in the world, as well as the good ones? If we do, then we're going to have a hard time believing he's going to do much to help us out with those bad things, since in our view, he made them happen in the first place. However, if we recognize him as our Savior, our Creator, the one who loves us beyond all measure, then we'll be much more open to anticipating that God will bring blessings about for us, even in the midst of the hardest things in our lives. So let's keep trusting the one who gives us blessings in generous abundance. And don't blame the good giver for what the evil enemy does. In Romans chapter 5, which we read a little bit earlier in the service, Paul has some encouragement as well that sounds very similar to what we read in James. Paul says, therefore, since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. And we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. So listen to this part, church. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And strength of character, or sorry, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us, because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Both Paul and James remind us that when we hold firmly to our faith and do hard things in time of trial, God takes that opportunity to bless us and help us grow. The tough things we go through will develop endurance, which strengthens our character and draws us closer to being more like Jesus as we look with hope to his return. And remember, we have the Holy Spirit living in us. We are not alone. All those days in the hospital, I was not alone. And you're not either. 
Now, I will admit I have not yet come to the point where I welcome a new trial with joy. I'm sorry, I'm just not there. But when I do encounter challenges, I do my best to remain faithful to what I believe God is calling me to. And I keep an eye out for the unexpected now. I look for the moments when God's going to show up and show me His glory and love. I'm willing to do what I have to do, as long as I have to do it, in order to keep growing and healing through these hard times. Three times a week, I go to pulmonary rehab. Our workup buddy left the room, but she goes to pulmonary rehab too. My family comes with me, and we all benefit from this activity. We're now in what they call phase three, which is a regular workup program that's supervised by people who understand pulmonary issues and can help at a moment's notice if needed. We've been going there since January and have seen some real positive changes. I recently had a lung function test as ordered by my pulmonologist. It turns out that even with everything I've been doing, my lungs are still only operating at about 68% capacity. I know that's a lot better than when I left the hospital, but it's still far less than I hoped. Now I'm glad to say my wife is at 93% capacity, even with her asthma, so she's doing great. Praise God for that. In fact, doctors have said that the scar tissue in lungs typically doesn't heal. As a matter of fact, it usually gets worse over time. But even with that knowledge, I'm choosing to have faith in a God who heals. Yes, I have a long way to go. With the help from my family, all of your prayers, and especially a God who cares, I'm answering the call to do a very hard thing and hoping He will bring me further along the road to healing than anyone might anticipate. In the fourth Harry Potter film, Headmaster Dumbledore warns young Harry about a coming conflict with their enemy, saying, Dark and difficult times lie ahead. Soon we must all face the choice between doing what is right and what is easy. So let me ask you this. What challenges are you facing in your life right now that is really hard? And what are you prepared to do about it? Are you willing to do the next hard thing and persevere for as long as it takes? Can you put your trust in Jesus and have faith that He is walking right alongside you through this trial? If you want to know more about how to enter a relationship with Jesus, come talk to me or any of our church leaders about that. We will be happy to help. If you're already in a relationship with Jesus, but you want to know more about what it can be like to do hard things, find those little pieces of exceptional God that show up? Or you just need a listening ear or someone to pray with? I'm happy to connect with you about that too. Let's pray. Father God, thank you, Lord. Thank you for bringing us through the hard things. And we realize that sometimes the way you bring us through the hard things is to bring us home to You. We don't like that, but we accept that. 
knowing that You are far wiser than we are. You are our God. Lord, I've admitted today that there are many things I just don't know. And You know how much that bothers me because I want to know. I think we all do, Lord. But we're going to just trust You. We're going to set our knowledge aside, Lord, and we're going to put our faith in You. Knowing that You do have all the answers. You are good. And that You continue to bring good things into our lives. Help us to have eyes to see, Lord. Help us to open our eyes to the things that You're doing in our life that are blessings. Help us to be willing to face the things that we need to face. To have the consistency to do them for maybe a long period of time. And to trust that You will bring the blessings to us. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't think that there's a closing song because Greg is over in the other building. I think it's just time for the prayers of the church.